This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's Word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. Welcome to Hope Alive's Friday Side Notes. Uh, On Fridays, we're going to uh, delve into some side notes. And what are side notes? Well, they may be historical uh, issues that uh, I want to deal with that give you a biblical perspective. It might be something economic, might be something from the Bible, might be uh, uh, some symbolism from the Bible, or it might even just be some ideas, philosophical Uh, maybe even uh, scientific uh, that interest me and that I think the Bible uh, either speaks to or they shed light on Scripture and allow you to understand and see Scripture in uh, maybe a new, a different, a more in-depth way than you saw it before. So uh, Friday Side Notes is kind of uh, uh, a uh, dealer's choice type situation for me in, in that I am going to just give you information that is important. Uh, our first Friday Side Note is going to be on uh uh, on bibl- biblical symbolism and uh, and numbers and and I want you to not get so focused on um, well I guess it's be the mysticism of uh, numbers the Bible uh, gives us symbolism in fact uh, most of the Bible is filled with symbolism in fact the word the uh, languages that the Bible uses are word picture languages and what I mean by that well uh, the, the Hebrew and Greek language. Uh, each word had a picture or a, 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 a idea that was associated with the word so that the word was more alive than just a, uh, a set of letters or an enunciation, but the word was alive in symbols. And so uh, when we study the Bible, it's good to understand the symbolism of the Bible, not so that uh, we can uncover some mystical thing that's going on in Scripture, but so that you can see the roadmaps that Scripture gives us. When the Bible talks about uh, certain things or brings into uh, the discussion certain things, such as light, and light is is the revelation of God, but we don't know how that happens. Light is uh, is something that we don't really have a full grasp on scientifically of how it works or how it operates. Uh, we we know its speed and and we know. Uh, some of the characteristics that light has, but we don't have a full uh, 100% understanding of how light works and how light operates. But light in scripture, whenever I think of the word light, I think of the word revelation. I think of the word understanding. I think of uh, the idea of God revealing himself to me. Thus, biblical symbolism. The word light is always a roadmap in scripture for you to understand that God is trying to give you some revelation. Likewise, numbers have 
uh, significance in the Bible and they have significant meanings. Not, not every number in the Bible has significance. And I'm not talking about the verse numbers, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but when uh, the Bible was written, there weren't chapters and verses. The chapters and verses are put in there uh, later on so that you can have, uh, well, another roadmap, a way in which you can say, look here in the Bible. Well, if I said, look in the book of Romans, that's a big book and it might take you a long time to find it. But if I said, read Romans chapter six, verse five, well, you can go directly to that. and You can kind of see uh, what I'm talking about immediately. Uh, I'm not talking about those numbers. I'm talking about the numbers that are actually in the scripture. And uh, numbers in scriptures have, have significance, they have meaning, and they're roadmaps for you to, when you see a number, to think about uh, that sign along the uh, path of understanding along the path of revelation so that God will show you uh, what he's talking about. And and almost invariably, every time you run across uh, some of the primary numbers that are mentioned in scripture, you are going to see, uh, you're going to see that uh, God is showing you a way. He's opening your eyes to seeing what he's talking about. He's giving you uh, a kind of a guide through his word by using numbers as symbols. Well, obviously, if we're going to start with numbers, uh, the number one is very important. It's the supremacy and sovereignty of God. And uh, that's important uh, on all kinds of levels. The primary level is it's the primary understanding of God that you've got to have. You've got to have an understanding that God is supreme. He's on his throne. He's, he's reigning. He's sovereign of his universe. He created it. He owns it. And he governs it. And he, he governs it in the way he sees fit and in the plan that he made before, well, before he spoke the universe into existence. And so uh, one, when I run, run across the number one in scripture, I always think the sovereignty of God. I always think the supremacy of his uh, position over his creation. The number two is an interesting number. It's got uh, two symbols that go with it. Uh, the number two is uh, stands for uh, a faithful witness, two people who come in and uh, they give a witness as to what has happened. As a lawyer, that's uh, that kind of strikes home to me. Uh, it's always good to have a witness that says something happened, but if you have two that come in that don't have any interest in the case, but they come in and they uh, they tell uh, the same story, it, it, it gives more weight than the one doubled. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, two people witnessing something uh, has three, four, five times more weight than one person giving their testimony about something. And so the faithful witness is the number two in scripture. It also is the number for division. It's the number for being divided. You're not one anymore. Now you're two. And uh, I think of marriage that way. Oftentimes in marriage, um, we go into it one unified and then each party decides that they want to do what they want to do. They, uh, they want what they want and, and their desires uh, diverge and they become two. And anytime in a marriage, which was meant to be one, you become two or you're in a dangerous place and you're in a place where uh, a lot of pain and a lot of hurt is down the road. And two is the number of division. And it's also the number of faithful witness. Three is the number of the Trinity, uh, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. It's how God exists. It is his uh, very nature. Uh, God exists in a communal relationship. He is three in one. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The best way for you to understand it as a human being is that uh, <clears throat> when you're born again, you have uh, three 
uh, parts. You have your body, your physical manifestation, the physical part of you that that is represented by uh, Jesus in the Trinity. Your body represents the aspect of you that is a part of God in in the sense of Jesus, the physical manifestation of God. Your your soul is your heart and your mind. Is the New Testament word for cardia is your heart, and the New Testament word for mind is your su- is suko, and your mind is your intellect, and your heart is your passions, and they make up really who you are, your soul, and uh, ultimately, uh, your soul is the part of you that re- that is rep- that uh, uh, shows you that the Father is the will of God. He is the he's the passion of God. He's the he's the mind of God. And uh, so Jesus uh, fulfills all of who the Father is in his passions, in his emotions, in his intellect, in his desires. And in his will, uh, Jesus is the manifestation of God's will, God the Father's will. And then the Holy Spirit is where you, when you're born again, you have a new human spirit. And it is, it is the power, it's the eternality, it's the life that's inside of you, placed inside of you by God. And so is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the omnipotence of God. He's the omnipresence of God. He is the uh, he, he is all of the power of God manifest in the earth. So the number three always represents, when you run across it in Scripture, the, the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Four is the number of the foundations or the creation of the way God created the universe. Uh, if you think about it, uh, north, south, east, and west, it's the directions, four directions. Um, you've got, uh, actually, you've got uh, four jet streams that uh, run across uh, the uh, 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 skies of the earth, the heavens, as the uh, book of Genesis would say, of the earth. Uh, it is the foundations of how God has created the universe. And so when I run across the number four, it always kind of points me in the direction of thinking, how did God make things? It's the same question that Einstein asked when he was looking at that clock tower from his clerk's desk and he saw the sun shining on the uh, hands of that clock. And he said, if I were to make gravity and, and time, how would I do it? And then he said, uh, more importantly, if I were God, how would God make time and space and gravity? And that's how he came up with his uh, his understanding of the foundations of the universe or how the universe is made. And uh, I think about that when, when I think of the number four. I think of how did God make the universe? And he tells us and he teaches us. And uh, when the number four comes up, I always think about that. The number five is the number of grace. Always think that every every time you think it, think of the number five, you always think the number grace. It is consistently, regularly. I can't think of a single time I've gone through the uh, word of God and I've run across the number five. Uh, if there's five things mentioned, grace. If there's five uh, characteristics given, Grace, always, always, always is the number of grace. It's the number of God uh, pouring out on his earth uh, what we do not deserve and on his creation, especially uh, human beings, uh, the grace uh, that we do not deserve. And that's why we were created. We were created to reveal the very grace of God. Number six is the number of man. Uh, a lot of times people get all caught up in in uh, the number 666. And uh, they say, what does that word, what does that number mean? Well, first of all, you got to go to what does the number six represent? Well, number six represents man. 666 is man three times. Well, what does the number three represent? The number three represents uh, the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What does the number 666 represent? 
Well, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? It's it's man trying to be God, and man can't be God. And that's the number of the Antichrist. The word anti means in place of Christ. And the number of the Antichrist is 666. What is it? It's man trying to be God, just like the uh, uh, the devil uh, in, in heaven uh, said that he was going to ascend to the Most High and become God. Uh, the devil wanted to be God. Well, the Antichrist wants to be God also, and so his number is 666. Man trying to be God, six being the number of man. Seven is always the number of completion. Sometimes you'll hear people say perfection. Well, remember, per, uh, perfection is summed up by completion, everything being completed. And uh, the word, uh, the number seven is best, best uh, symbolized by the idea of completion. A lot of times uh, when you're reading the Bible, you'll think seven and perfection, and then it doesn't quite fit. But if you'll throw in that idea of completion, and, uh, and you'll think about it. Oftentimes the word completion, when you're coming across the number seven, is perfect. And it gives you that road back. God's talking about something he's completed, something that is uh, summed up, something that's come to its end. Uh, that's the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Uh, it is, uh, And this is one that you can always find in Scripture. The numbers five, six, and eight. Every time you run across them, you're going to uh, their symbolism is is just glaring usually in the passage. And the number eight's like that. The number eight is the number of new beginnings. It's the number of things beginning again. And God is the is the God of new beginnings. He's the God of grace, and uh, that's how we know Him. That's how He relates to us is by giving us His grace. And so uh, when I'm studying the Word of God, and when I'm thinking about the Word of God, and I see the number eight, I always think of new beginnings. The number nine is the completeness of God's work. Uh, it is kind of a little bit murky. Uh, you don't run into the number nine a lot in scripture, but the number nine kind of represents everything being completed. If eight is new beginnings, nine is bringing it to its fullness or bringing it to its uh, uh, end, to the very end of what it is. And so I always think of nine as completeness. Seven is completion or perfection. Nine is God bringing it to that completion. Uh, ten is the number of the law. It's easy. It's the Decalogue. It's the uh, it's the number of God's uh, uh, divine law. And you go, well, I, I don't really understand law. Well, law is the Old Testament. Law is how God related to uh, us in the Old Testament. It is him uh, laying out his character and nature, who he is, uh, his divine uh, uh, nature, uh, presented in the law. And you need to get that because it's important that you understand that you either get to God by the law or by grace. And the truth is you can't get to him by law. And if you study uh, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 4, 5, uh, 6, and 7, if you study the Sermon on the Mount, you realize that God's that Jesus is teaching us that we can't get to God by the law. We can't fulfill the law because uh, unlike as an attorney, when I deal with a criminal client, they're usually charged with one part of the law and, and that's it. But with God's divine law, if you break one part of the law, you've broken the whole law. And so it represents a uh, inability to reach or attain ourselves to his uh, holiness and his uh, majesty and so it leads us to the understanding that we need God's grace. Eleven is the number of opposition to the law or the nature of God. When you run across the number of eleven, you're running across usually something or someone who is in opposition to God's way of doing things. 
God's uh, way of uh, completing things. And uh, number 11 usually uh, symbolizes some, some sort of rebellion. 12 is the number of Israel. Uh, I think that's obvious. There's the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, Jesus called 12 disciples, and they were all Jews. Uh, and they are going to rule the revelation. The book of the revelation says that they're going to rule over, over uh, the 12 tribes of Israel in, uh, in the end. And Jesus even predicts that himself when he's talking to his disciples, that they will be uh, set apart to rule over the 12 tribes of Israel. It represents God's promised people. It represents God. Sometimes it really represents God's promises uh, to the world and to the universe and to humanity. 13, uh, is, is the state of being lost or the old ways. It's how things used to be. Uh, a lot of times you, I know we got Friday the 13th and 13th and black cats and Halloween and all that, that, that really has nothing to do with scripture. And by the way, really probably shouldn't have anything to do with you, but uh, 13 is the state of being uh, or the way things used to be. It's the good old days, I guess, is the way you can describe it. It's back in the day is, is the way I would say it. It's how things used to be. And when you run across the number 13 in the Bible, which is not much, but when you do run across it, across it, it is usually has something to do with how things used to be. Uh, 30 is the, min is the minimum standard of atonement. What does that mean? Well, 30, generally speaking, uh, is the word for maturity. It is how we get to the place where we're uh, considered old enough to handle things. And it is the minimum standard for how God deals with us and brings us into fulfillment. Atonement is the paying for our sins and the uh, bringing about a right relationship with God. And 30 usually symbolizes maturity or coming to the fullness of your relationship with God. 40 is ultimate maturity. 40 is uh, you are totally complete as a human being. Um, I will say this to you, and I know there will be a lot of young people listening uh, to this. Uh, uh, my my pastor, the pastor who uh, was my mentor as a young man, he told me this uh, many years ago. He said, he said, Chad, your 20s are difficult. Your 30s are going to be better than your 20s. Your 20s are finding yourself. Your 30s are, are, are making your own way in the world as far as life and creating a family. Your 40s are going to be the time where you come into your own and actually uh, actually take on leadership roles, both spiritual leadership and in the world. And in your 50s is when you're going to really bring about uh, God's uh, greatness. You're going to be in, in just, you're going to be able to do things in just a few minutes that you, used to take you hours and weeks and days, and you're going to uh, complete uh, things and, and bring them about. And each decade that you live is better than the one before. And forties is that time where you really come into your own as who you are. Uh, that's when you, uh, actually kind of take on uh, a full load of what God made you for. And, uh, that's why Moses, uh, uh, took on the call of God at 40. And if you go through scripture, it's interesting how many people, uh, come into their own and actually begin to fully fulfill God's plan for their life at the age of 40 and 40 is a, a pinnacle time for uh, maturity is a pinnacle time for growth. Uh, 70 is the span of life of man. 70 is a, a completion, but it's the completion of man's life. Uh, you can see that if seven is the number of completion, then 70 is the number of the fulfillment or the age of man. It's the hand breath. It's the, 
It's the quickly passing away. 70 years goes by faster than you could ever, ever imagine. Now that I'm approaching the age of 50, uh, I would say to you, if you're a young person and there are going to be many who are listening to this, uh, do not, do not desire things down the road so much that you miss out on the life that you have right now. I want you to, I want you to become all that you can be in your twenties. It's very important that you do that. It's very important that you figure out who you are in your twenties. It's, it's of the utmost importance that you make the great investment of your marriage and your family and your children in your thirties, because your thirties are a great time of uh, investment in what is going to be ultimately the fulfillment of your future and your marriage and your family is of the utmost importance to be invested in and to be uh, made uh, complete as complete as possible in your thirties in your forties. I would say to you, look to be who you're going to be, look to be the best you can be at those things. It's, it, it, your children usually are entering into their teenage years and you're doing less guiding and you're doing more, instructing and i would just say to them say to you uh instruct them help them figure out who they're going to be and uh help uh the people at your work uh figure out what they should be because you're going to take on major leadership roles in your 40s and then obviously in your 50s you usually become grandparents and you also usually uh begin to take on the primary role of leadership in your workplace and those years are very very important and they can be very very productive and I don't know why I went into all that, but I think there are going to be many out there who uh, need to see that in their own life and live it to their fullness and not miss out on it because life will be over quickly. And I want you to experience all that God has for you in your life. And I want you to experience it to its fullest. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will, all that hear this, that they'll take it to heart and they'll see these numbers as very, very, very important and how we live and very, very important in how we see God's word. The roadmaps, the, the just real easy roadmaps God's given us to his word, as we're reading it and as we're studying it, we can just begin to think about those things. Remember, one is the supremacy of God. Two is division or faithful witness. Three is the trinity of God. Four is the foundations of how God made the earth. Five is God's grace. Six is man. Seven is completion. Eight is new beginning. Nine is the finishing of God's work. 10 is the law, 11 is opposition to the law, our opposition to God's nature, 12 is Israel or the promises of God, 13 is the state of being lost or the old ways, uh, 30 is, well, it's the uh, minimum standard of atonement and it is you uh, uh, investing in your life and investing in your family, 40 is maturity and 70 is the span of life. I hope this has been uh, interesting to you. I hope it's been informational and I hope that uh, God will take it and use it to open your mind to his uh, ways and to his will. And I ask for that from him in Jesus name. Amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.